1: This is Arjun Sen welcoming you to Secrets to Win Big. Winning is fun, but winning big puts us all on the path to ongoing sustained back-to-back wins. And that, I think, is the envious position any brand in any category wants to get to. And in this podcast, it's my pleasure and honor to bring you Amazing thoughts and secrets from thought leaders from around the world and all walks of life. And to me, that is really important to me because each one of us are different, our starting points are different, our end goals are different. And that's the reason these different insights really were, you know, putting put things in perspective. So today, I'm really fortunate to have here Adam Fox. Adam is the Director of Digital Experience and Media at Kudovar. He lives every day, thriving on how to deliver a better digital experience for guests and team members. He takes digital ordering, CRM, loyalty, web app experience and paid media to the next level. And one of the conversations as I was talking to Adam about what he's working on right now, It's literally was amazing to look at is how he is looking at the brand experience in the new world, how he adjusts anytime there are regulation changes. But at the same time, what really intrigued me is he's always looking at the next big idea three to six months from now. And that is something I really want to find out is how this person balances all these and focus on both the present and the future. Adam also has held leadership roles in the retail industry, Petco, Malvin's department stores and other brands. Adam, Fox, welcome to Secrets to Win Big. Thanks Arjun, great to be here and great to talk to you. Absolutely. So Adam, to start with, I just want to understand a little bit more about what you do. Let's start with your current role at QDover. You're the Director of Digital Experience and Media You're driving digital sales up to record numbers. So first and most importantly is what is the secret to create a digital experience for a brand to match its in-restaurant experience?
0: Well, the first thing you need to do is recognize that your digital business is your core business and get your organization behind the notion that digital excellence is at the forefront of everybody's job, not just the digital team or the digital department. And from there, you need to look at, of course, the guest experience on whatever device they're using. And and when we talk about digital experience, a lot of times we're focused on the desktop experience or the mobile website experience or the app experience, but also what the frontline team member experience is. In the restaurant industry, every interaction that a guest has with our restaurants, including our digital ordering, happens with the involvement of a human. So we're constantly evaluating, do they have the right technology, training, and operational processes in place to delight your guests? And when you're doing that and taking into account the digital experience from end to end, that's when you can really unlock success.
1: So that's very fascinating. You started by talking about the digital experience has to be aligned at par with core experience. So in a world where things change so dramatically, both for you and competition, how does Adam stay in touch with what the experience is? Because sometimes, you know, when we sit in the corporate office or in a new virtual corporate office, we get little distance. So what do you do to know and feel the Qdoba actual brand experience every day?
0: Well, there's a lot of things that we do. First of all, feedback is everywhere today. So you get feedback in your app store reviews, you get feedback from your voice of customer or voice of guest program, you get feedback from people who are giving you reviews on Yelp or Google My Business. And so we're always taking that feedback into account and using that feedback to look at what changes and improvements we can make in our digital experience in both the short-term and the Mm long-term. And then there's another element of what we do that is more around um, around intuition and keeping up with trends and just making sure that we're comparing our experience, not just to others in the the restaurant space, but um, other brands that are helping define customers' expectations around what the digital experience means today. And a great example of that is that as a restaurant brand, our experience is judged not just against other restaurant brands, but against brands like Uber and Lyft um, and what they're doing in the rideshare space. So we are always looking at what consumer expectations are, where we're meeting them, and where we've got opportunities to continue to improve. So
1: this is a great concept. And I think sometimes we get two tunnel vision. And I really like What you talked about is broadening our vision to look beyond. So other than Uber, Lyft, any other brand totally farthest away from maybe restaurant industry that you just get wowed by how they are
0: changing the digital experience? Any other brand that comes to your mind? Banking is doing a really good job. They have gone into the chatbot space and, and doing a much better job of making sure that The experience you have if you are taking out a mortgage is the same as the experience you're going to get if you're opening a checking account. They've done a better job at recognizing you across different lines of business. And I would also say that traditional transportation businesses as well with as seamless as, um, at least before the pandemic, uh, air travel and hotel travel had gotten in terms of things like being able to easily book flights, change seats, have a digital key to unlock your hotel room, I think have all done a fantastic job at looking at how to use the digital technology that's in the consumer's hand to help drive a a better and frictionless experience.
1: Yeah, I'm so glad you talked about banking because since March 15th, I've not gone to the bank to deposit a check. Like I have learned how to do it digitally Mm-hmm. And I also was very fascinated that Home Depot has put this app where anything you buy, you can literally bring it and see how it looks on your in your house uh, digitally. And it's, it's it's like bizarre, Adam, just to take a second to reflect like how fast all these businesses, including yours, have pre- adapted since March. It's like, I really think we are at a world record
0: pace and we should appreciate how much work brands are doing. Completely agree. There's, there has not been as dramatic a shift in consumer behavior as what we're seeing right now driven by the current pandemic.
1: So now let's look at a little bit about the end result of all this. I and mean, you are passionate about driving brand loyalty. Okay. And so how do you measure brand loyalty and how do you
0: impact true brand, brand loyalty? As I'll answer that question two ways. As a CRM and loyalty practitioner, we measure brand loyalty using metrics like customer lifetime value. And that tells us how much are our guests worth based on how much they spend with us, what our costs are to acquire and service them, and how long they remain loyal guests of ours. Mm -hmm. but that's a very transactional way of evaluating loyalty. And so what I'll throw out is a more aspirational, but also subjective way to measure brand loyalty, which is, will your customers come back without shopping your competitors? And will they spend more for your product or experience because of the relationship they have with your brand? When I think about what true loyalty is, it's not I'm going to give you points or I'm going to give you an offer in exchange for a transaction. It is that concept of of brand love and I'm going to shop you and go to you first because I love the experience I have with your brand. And so that's what we're ultimately after.
1: So tell me a little bit more because I have listened to you in other conferences and I really get fascinated by your passion for brand love. You don't use it literally, you feel it. So tell me a little bit what brand love means for Adam? And how did you fall in love with this love
0: concept? I'll give you an example of a brand that I frequent, um, feels like every day, but it's, right now it's been, uh, it's, it's been closer to once a week, but Trader Joe's great example, uh, grocery grocery concept with a, an incredibly friendly crew. They are passionate about the products on their shelves. Um, I'm in there regularly, so the crew members know me when I walk in, and they have taken one of the most mundane tasks that we do every week, which is grocery shopping, and they bring a level of personality and passion to it and excitement that is truly unique. So when I think about brand love and and what that means when I've got an empty empty pantry that I need to restock. And right now my routine is every Saturday morning, I go stock up for the week. I go to Trader Joe's first. And then if they don't have something that I need, because they are a little more limited than some of the bigger box grocers, I go and fill in at those other places. So to me, that's a great example of of loyalty when someone is is your first choice go to?
1: I think you know, I'm glad you connected both the dots. I really like your definition of customer loyalty, which is will your customers come back without shopping your competition? In my book, Customer Karma, I had a lot of fun just comparing dating with brand experience. <laughs> and think for a second, it's just like if I didn't know a of Joe's, you send me there just like the same way if I was single and you being my bestest friend set me up to meet somebody in both cases within the first few seconds I would text you by saying Adam you really know me man or it would be what were you thinking why would you set me you know set up me on this date or it could be something in between and then during the whole date everything goes through but at the end of the date if this was a real date I have to with this person sitting in front, both she and me would have made a decision. Even if, right. and you know, she would have said that even if Arjun is the last man on this planet, I don't want to have to do anything with this guy. Or I can see this guy loves golf. I love golf. We play golf together. Or, eh, Friday night, extra movie ticket. Arjun is seventh on the list. And the same thing with brands. It's like every time before you leave, and that's the power, I think the moment you talk to a brand love, it's so similar to, human relationships that every brand, every time, you know, has this opportunity where a guest sitting in there, whether it's Trader Joe's or Q makes this decision that next time I'm coming back without dating or even thinking of dating anyone else. Like that's the whole thing about, I love that thing that you added without shopping competition is priceless. So, so now going back to, you know, brand love, you know, just like we talked about you know guest experience, you talked about Trader Joe's, any other brand that stands out that really wows
0: Adam with their brand love The other one that that comes to mind for me is Southwest Airlines, and I know Southwest is not for everyone, and that's part of the point. but for me, Southwest understands my needs as a traveler, so I want flexibility in my ability to switch a flight. I value transparency in what I'm going to pay. I value friendliness and approachability from their crew members. And uh, I do not value necessarily being able to choose to sit in seat 13A three months in advance. So for me, Southwest understands what I need and they are uniquely good at meeting that need. while fully recognizing that that might not be a need for, for a different traveler. But I, I think another lesson from a brand loyalty standpoint is don't try to be all things to all people and all customers. Know who you are, know what your value proposition is, and, and know who you serve, and be okay with not serving everybody.
1: Yeah, and for those of us you know on this side listening to you, what is very fascinating is, when you were talking about work, you were talking about we, what we do at Qdoba but when you were talking about the brand love and when you are at the receiving end you went to I that's the part mm-hmm. where you talked about Trader Joe's and I knows you know Southwest Airlines knows me knows my needs and I really think that both these brands have really become my brand to you and I was just looking at it by saying you are a team player. You always talking we in the corporate world, but when it's coming to love, love just is a very universal individual thing,
0: and that's a huge, you know, wisdom that a brand should not be, you know, all things to all people. Well, we're talking about relationships, so relationships are about me and somebody else. In this case, the brand, and so the the me becomes very important as a. As a marketer, I am looking to build relationships with a bunch of me's and need to make sure that we meet their needs. Mm-hmm. Now moving to back to your days at Morwin's,
1: and all American department store chain. So what were some of the key learnings from those days? What were some of the big wins from those days that inspire you and when you, you know, reflect back?
0: I would say first the the thing that sticks with me is the old expression in the retail industry that retail is detail. And so I think about all of the strategic initiatives that we worked on, all of the creative campaigns, and the fact that no matter how brilliant the strategy or planning was behind any of them, that success always came down to our ability to execute well in hundreds of locations across the country. And so that means that, Success is driven not by how brilliant an idea is on a piece of paper, but how well do you communicate your customer-facing initiatives to your frontline team members, or how clearly your marketing materials communicate value. Always being focused on making sure that every detail is right. Mm -hmm. The other lesson I'd say I've learned from the promotional department store space is the value of simplicity. And again, if I think about all the creative promotions and campaigns that we ran, with think about tons of tons of items shown in a in a newspaper circular. Uh, oftentimes, the most effective messaging we had was a big bold fifty percent off sale. And so, I definitely take from that the lesson that building something complex is easy, simplifying it to its essence is hard. But it's simplicity that often separates winners and losers. And so I'm always trying to stay focused on how can we make this more simple for our team members? How can we make it more simple for our customers?
1: So simplicity is a cliche that nearly everybody uses. Like not too many people come and say, it's all about complexity, okay? So to me, I think, but on the other side, but not everybody achieves simplicity. Like it's an aspiration. So what is the secret for you to get the simplicity to the customer in their experience and it does not become an internal,
0: you know, amazing phrase that we use? The number one thing you have to do is know that you ultimately are serving your end user Mm -hmm. and you have to put that user's experience at the center. So. A lot of times when brands do things that aren't simple, it's because other things came into play. Uh, maybe it was an easier operational process or we, we did something because the technology that we had made it easier for someone in the back office to do something a different way. When you stay focused on how can I make this simple for my end customer and figure out how to bear the burden of the complexity elsewhere Mm -hmm. that gets you to where you need to be faster. And I love that. The very fact
1: we are putting the end user first at Zenmango for us, it's all about, you know, we are in the feeling business. And Mm -hmm. for that, there are eight words that I try to use every day in every situation is, you know, we are humans. We are all humans of feelings. So the eight words are be human, think human, feel human, and then act human. And I'll give you an example is recently without mentioning names, I just, you know, was ordering from an online, you know, order fulfillment, you know, brand. And all of a sudden I started getting products that I didn't buy. And when I called them, they said, oh, okay, somebody is making a mistake. I'm like, I want to return this. They said, you can't. I'm like, what do you mean you can't? I don't want it. They said, no, you can't because we cannot disclose your order, details, information, so you can either trash it. Okay, always good, Adam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we started getting more of these products. And some of these products, when my wife opened, she started freaking out. Okay. And then finally, when some bullets were delivered, and again, this is all coming from this particular vendor, then I called them. And what I realized was they kept saying, you know, sir, we have escalated your concern. And finally, I had to explain in layman's terms. So do you understand somebody who is spending money is accidentally spent sending things to me? They know where I live. I don't know who they are. Mm-hmm. So you understand the risk that you're putting us in. And their answer was, that's the highest level of escalation we can do. And I really think what you talked about was they did not understand the user experience, what it feels like for me to travel with my wife and my little dog being home, knowing somebody may come to just collect and those guys have bullets, means they could have a gun because who knows. But I really love what you're talking about is having that end user experience would be really important as you start looking at. So let's go to one area is, you know, digital experience and brand loyalty. A lot of brands are working on that. So what is the common misconception in this area that you would
0: like to debunk? That it's 100% a quantitative exercise driven by databases and spreadsheets. Uh, That's a huge part of it, but there are other skills that are equally important. So one, empathy is key and being able to put yourself in a customer's shoes and know whether the experience you are providing is truly meeting their needs is a necessary component in the digital experience world. Second would be intuition. The world changes so quickly now uh, with new technology being the biggest accelerator. And while we have an idea of of where the world is, is going in 12, 24, 36 months, it's always changing. So a large part of what makes Anyone successful is our ability to make educated assumptions on where the industry is going and where our customers going, and doing that based on on a certain degree of gut and intuition. And finally, creativity. There is so much information overload right now. Our inboxes are overflowing with mail from brands. Our phones are being overridden by notifications. And what we are doing has to break through and appeal to our guests, and do it on, you know, certainly a transactional level, but also an emotional level. Um, our, our customers are not 100% rational beings, and so what we do has to break through emotionally and, and cause them to, to feel a, a, a certain way. I mean, you know, you mentioned feel human and act human, so uh, definitely agree with that, and that's something that we're aspiring to do every day.
1: If somebody just tuned in, and they were listening to you, they would doubt if we are talking marketing, okay? Think for a second, you know, yeah, numbers are important, Mm -hmm. but based on what you just talked about, with my wife, I don't measure our relationship or even, you know, go through just by numbers by saying, guess what, honey, 62% of the time I've done dishes this week she would say, Arjun, why not the remaining 38? Mm -hmm. (laughs) But what you just brought in exactly looks at about her and me and how I'm very fortunate to have her in my life is empathy, intuition, always evolving, creativity. It, It just felt, because to me, you know, Adam, the thing is, you and I both know that many a time we talk about loyalty, but we get into easier which is numbers which we need mm-hmm. I'm not saying we don't but i love the fact you said it's not 100% and to me i think it's the human side that you are looking at in every direction consistently that's huge so thank you for sharing
0: absolutely yeah, we have we have to be metric driven but there is very much a a creative brained side of it that has to be layered on top yeah. in order to get the results we want
1: so it's a random question. I know you're very passionate about digital experience brand loyalty. So if this is not the career you followed, what do you think Adam would have done in life? Like, what else
0: do you think you could have done? and been very- So that's, a, that's an interesting question because working in retail and, and in retail and restaurant marketing actually uh, is my second career. And before I got into this one, Um, I've always had a passion for sports and I spent my first career for about five years after college as a play-by-play broadcaster for a minor league baseball team here in California and always loved interacting with players and fans and spending my days doing what I love so if I wasn't doing this I'd probably still be be doing that and following my passion for sports and sports media. Love that and you know
1: so to me that's very fascinating so this last section is about rapid questions. And this is for three to seven word answers. So that way, somebody can get through these real, real fast. So going beyond the world of digital experience and brand loyalty, what will be your advice to anyone in
0: any walk of life to be a successful leader? Define your purpose and connect it to people in a way that matters for them. Love that one. How do you define? win big or a big win?
1: Setting and achieving ambitious goals. And what's the one reason businesses
0: fail to win big? Biggest reason business fails to win big is focusing on short-term incremental progress versus large initiatives that are based on where the brand and where the world is going. And I think you know, that really triggers a thought that too many times I've heard, especially in the
1: restaurant or hospitality, is there's no short-term, there's no long-term. I really believe that without a long-term strategy, even the best of short-term strategy, you're just deferring the inevitable. And you need both. You really need the tactics, but I love that. You know, to me, that's a great, great insight. Right, and your
0: short-term should be in service of, of your long-term. So there are short-term wins that have no halo and, and maybe get you a short boost and that's it. But there are other things that you can do in the short-term that are done in service of those longer-term object, objectives. And that's a really important place to focus.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, many leaders that I've talked to, they rule out some obstacles from their mind. Like some of the top athletes I've worked with, they remove the word dic- uh, no from their dictionary. So what
0: is a word not in Adam's dictionary? No is one of them. Another one is just. I really don't like the word just. It minimizes what you are doing or what you're asking others to do. So if I were to say, hey, Arjun, I just need you to do this for me, that communicates a level of lack of importance for for what I need. Hmm.
1: This is fascinating because the other day, I was, you know, somebody taught me something similar because just I will add to that, is he talked about the word but. He said, Arjun, the day we all can replace buts with and. Mm-hmm. And to me, I didn't get it. And same with when you talked about just, I didn't get it initially, but when you took me through, I'm a little slow at times, Adam, but you know I can be trained. And I really love that. I really love it because these are amazing insights. So if Adam, you could go back in time and meet that young Adam just graduating from high school with all your wisdom today, what would be one amazing advice you would give that kid?
0: I would say that success isn't about being the smartest person in the room. It's about setting a vision and inspiring others to create a movement and drive meaningful results. Um, So Adam, it's very clear
1: as you go through everything and everything you share you know, your passion, your vision, you connect to brand love, but there's also a process because success without a process cannot be repeated. So is there a routine that you have like in your professional world, business world, when you wake up, first thing you do, last thing when you're winding
0: up your work day that you're comfortable sharing? Absolutely. So I'm a, I'm a morning person. So the first thing I do uh, is get up, uh, I try to exercise and then from a professional standpoint, I first look at the strategic initiatives that again, are are gonna be the things that lead us to long-term success. And I carve out 60 to 90 minutes of my day first thing to focus on one of them before the frenetic pace of meetings and emails and and pivots sets in. Um, And I I find that that helps, helps me keep focus uh, in a way where if I didn't have that and I just look to use up the you know half hours or the fifteen minutes between meetings that I just wouldn't be as effective and then the last thing for me is number one, I always make sure that I spend ten to fifteen minutes making sure i'm I'm prepared for the next day and um you know then i, I definitely spend the the dinner hours and and the hours after with my with my family uh and making sure that I am am Investing in in those relationships and staying staying balanced and and making sure I spend the time getting to watch my kids grow up. Love that. So you want to give a little shout out about your kids? Oh yeah, now I've got three three great kids. I've got uh, twelve and fifteen year old boys and a nine year old girl. And um, yeah, I think the last eight or nine months I've spent a lot more time with them uh, than any of us ever expected and could not imagine uh, being in lockdown with anybody else. Not there, So if you could be in my shoes, what would be that
1: one question you would have asked Adam Fox that I didn't?
0: Tough one is you've been very thorough, but um, we haven't really talked about where the world of loyalty and digital is going in the next two to three years and mm-hmm. It's an important question because there are a lot of upcoming privacy regulations in various jurisdictions, and big technology companies like Apple and Google are acting to start locking down browsing and locational data. So for us, first party data uh, becomes much more important that first party data is is data that your customers willingly share with you. Um, and so owning that relationship with our guests is becoming much more important in an area where we're very keenly focused at the moment.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you added that because that is huge. And also along with that, even Google's SEO rules and regulations are changing January 1st. Mm -hmm. So to me, I really think that both the data we get and how we are found by brands will change slowly and steadily and that, again, really emphasizes what you're talking about is the one-on-one direct relationship where your customers will come back without shopping your competition.
0: Anything else right. you want to add, Adam? Um, I'll, I'll just say that it's been a, uh, as 2020 winds down, it's been a year beyond anyone's expectations. I'm grateful to work with an amazing team of people at Kidoba and Appreciate the opportunity to step back for a little bit and uh, have this conversation with you. Thank you. Truly a pleasure. So you just listened to
1: Adam Fox. He is has held leadership roles in retail industry. And most recently, he is leading the digital marketing and as well as loyalty. He's taking customer experience digitally to the next level. What fascinated me about the conversation was at the very beginning, there was one thread that was common to the whole conversation that Adam put in front of me right here, which is the digital experience has to be, has to match, has to be at par with the core brand experience. And he also put a face to that person, that end user, because to me, the value of simplicity or when i talked about loyalty every time he just made sure that he was not checking a list it was all about making an impact and making that end users experience better he also connected it to the retail industry where of course initially this you know i'm all about one-liners i love the one-liner retail is detail. (laughs) but then he added more by saying the most brilliant of strategies must be followed with great implementation. And he also took it to something chains of all size must look at for multi-unit is, it has to go to every unit, every team member, every time, how do you give them the resources? <coughs> Another thing Adam talked about was the whole definition of loyalty and definition of you know the numbers where many a time we manage brands by looking at customer lifetime value we try to add that to an invisible column to the balance sheet you know all this is good numbers are important we need to be metric driven but he put two things which i really think are very fascinating for anybody in any brand beyond restaurants everywhere to look at the two questions are one will your customers come back without shopping your competition and second was somewhat hidden in the conversation was will they over time pay a little more with you without worrying much because there's a relationship that is there? He also talked about, you know, along with the measurement of loyalty, we also need to add empathy, intuition, creativity, always the desire to make things better. And of course, my favorite. I'm a little biased, it's all about brand love, okay? And as he talked about brand love, he gave example of a few brands, but every time he was talking about like those brands, even if they paid Adam, they could not get an endorsement, what they got from Adam by just giving him brand love. Adam talked about both these brands, about how they know me, how they know my needs, and the smile on his face as he was sharing is priceless. So to me, I really feel, you know, this is such an incredible conversation. And thank you, Adam, for putting us all on the path to brand love. Thank you, Arjun. Thank you all for listening to Secrets to Win Big with Arjun Sen. It's truly a pleasure. And I'm looking forward to the next episode where I bring you another conversation with another amazing leader from another part of the world and another walk of life. Happy listening, and thank you
0: again. You've been listening to Secrets to Win Big with Arjun Seng, founder and CEO of Zen Mango, brand whisperer, top brand growth driver, and a former Fortune 500 executive who has been called one of the most marketing intelligent minds in the business. To learn more, visit www.zenmango.com. Share this podcast with your friends and subscribe wherever you like to listen to podcasts.
1: This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.